What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Triple Double Show. We are live on the countdown to tip off. For those that don't know already, I'm your host, Josh, joined as always by my good friend, Jared. How are we feeling today, man? Mate, it might be Christmas on Friday, but it sort of feels like it's come early, doesn't it? Uh, for all NBA fans, it has absolutely come early. Uh, Look, we have a huge show coming up, a lot to get through. We'll take you pretty much right through to opening tip today, I think. Uh, we're going to deep dive into both of today's games, uh, look at the lines and totals there. Also going to look at the two early Christmas Day or Boxing Day games here in Australia. Uh, we don't have another show before those. So if you have any games you want our opinion on, uh, just drop a comment, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We'll do our best to give our two cents on it. Um, that said, it's already been a really busy week for members. We've got four bets locked in for today, seven total for this week alone, including futures. Um, I blame you entirely for this, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what happened? It got out of hand so fast. I don't know. How did we get four on opening night? Three in the one game. Fuck. Uh, but it's good to be on the right side of all of them, isn't it? Oh, it feels it feels absolutely amazing. Um, look, if you want to subscribe to our members package, just shoot us a DM on Twitter or Facebook at punt underscore school. I'll get that sorted for you before opening tip. Look, we don't really have time to waste today, Jared. I think we just jump straight into tackling these games uh, and see where we go from there. Let's do it. This is um, an, an absolute belter. Um schedule to get things kicked up, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Terrific doubleheader. Terrific doubleheader. So um, let's jump straight in. Let's look at that Brooklyn Nets-Golden State Warriors game. This is going to be a really, really interesting one. Uh, the Nets, the line seems set at 7.5 in favour of them. I can see a 7 juiced as well out there if you're looking for a lower, a lower number of Brooklyn. Total currently sitting at 234 and a half, 235 points. Let's start with the line here, though. Uh, I was with the market early on the number when it was at five and a half. I had it at five then. I've adjusted it to minus six with Draymond Green out. So I guess that kind of leaves a slight edge on the Warriors catching those points. Where do you have this game set and are you playing a side? This sets up to be the most dangerous game for me as a handicapper because <laughs> I've just brutally underestimated the Nets and, and quite possibly overestimated the Warriors. So it's um, it's going to be a juicy middle for me. <laughs> but um, I mean, enough. Like I, I I don't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know what to expect from either team because it's an absolute unknown. Um, yeah, I, I've got the line set at two, and that's without Draymond. So, like, right. I'm I'm showing an edge on on an eight, but am I going to take it? No, no way. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm showing that slight edge as well, less so than you, obviously. Um, <laughs> but look, for me, I think if you're taking the line, you probably have to take the Warriors here, and I don't have a lot of confidence in saying that either, and I won't be getting my money on it, but. You know, an interesting thing is as well, especially in the NBA, I mean, how many times have we seen a new super team fall flat on opening night, let alone having to cover what is a large spread in the NBA here? 
you know, the Lakers last season lost by double digits and they had strong market support uh, for their game against the Clippers. You go back even further, KD's debut with Golden State, they lost by 29 points to San Antonio. And, you know, the season before that was when the Warriors had started 24-0. and And then if you go back even further, Miami's big three, they started with a loss to our Celtics. And they were four-and-a-half-point favorites on opening night as well. So there's like a clear trend of these superstar teams coming together and kind of falling flat on opening night. And does it happen today? Maybe. I'm certainly not against the idea, given the significant edge I say that the Warriors have in terms of coaching and prepping for this one. Uh, But I think, like you said, the Warriors, probably more so than any other team for me in particular, the team that I just struggle to project earlier and to rank accordingly. I mean, I have them ranked as the 15th best team in the NBA right now, but that could easily move up, I think, two or three spots, go down two or three spots just in the first week alone. So, you know, coaching aside... Looking at, I guess, on-court, even off-court things, can you confidently give the Warriors an edge anywhere else aside from aside from that bench and, and Steve Kerr versus Steve Nash? No. I mean, in the trenches of a game, if if things aren't going right for you, your shots aren't falling, like what are you, what are you going to lean back on? Yeah. Your defense and maybe... You know, a bit of team chemistry if you've, you've been there and you've done it before. This this is the part where I really, really worry about this this Brooklyn side. Um, is what happened. Like, I, KD and Kyrie aside, like, absolute superstars and, you know, future Hall of Famers. But what what do you fall back onto is is what I worry about. And, and you know, and the Warriors, they've, while their team isn't exactly what it used to be, they've, they've been here and they've done this before. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I think that's a, that's a huge one. And like you said, especially if things start sort of going to shit per se early on in the game, if the shots aren't falling, if the Warriors are basically hitting everything under the sun, if you find yourself in that double-digit double deficit sort of in that second quarter, how does a team like Brooklyn respond? I think that's probably the biggest question mark I think a lot of people have on them right now is are they capable of coming together on court and overcoming any sort of, you know, I guess adversity is a bit of a stretch. It's one game, but, you know, nonetheless, for a team that hasn't done it together and that doesn't have, I think it's fair to say, natural leadership in Kyrie Irving on the court... How how does that come in? Uh, how does that factor in? I guess into any game, especially on opening night, where, like you said, they're coming up against a team that is literally built on camaraderie, if nothing else. That organization you know, has instilled that into all its players and all its coaches as, uh, as well. So, certainly an interesting one, I think, looking at the the line and, and seeing that after it sort of has been adjusted, there hasn't been a lot of support for Brooklyn in the markets. So, hey, maybe you're not on your own after all, Jared. <laughs> It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, but, you know, to, to sort of lean on the Brooklyn side of things, they're, they're a much deeper roster than they've ever been. So, you know, you do have that continuity of skill um, throughout your rotations. Yeah. Um, I love I love the addition of Landry Shamet. I think like he's a super solid mm. player. Um, 
and he's you know he's going to be phenomenal for them coming off the bench. Uh, where he would you know is a how many teams out there would he be starting on? Um, yeah, yeah. And even through the bubble, uh, where we saw them roll through the deeper rotations, um, you, you've got Timothy Lua Cabaret. Um, yeah. And he showed us in the bubble that um, TLC, he ain't no scrub. <laughs> he can be a walking bucket when he needs to be. Uh, but I, I think as well the big one for the Brooklyn today is how do they work through those rotations? Um, we touched on it on an earlier show as well over the weekend when we sort of spoke about Brooklyn's team total or team win percentage. We're on the unders there. I think a lot of it is these rotations are going to change on a nightly basis because the starting lineup's going to change on a nightly basis. They're going to load manage the shit out of Kevin Durant, whether he likes it or not. This team knows its end goal is purely a championship. They're going to do everything in their power to make sure that their two superstars are 100% healthy for the playoffs. Whether that means they enter the playoffs as a one seed or an eight seed, I don't think they care. Uh, and so, on a for tonight, obviously, you know you you're going to see big minutes for both those players, um, and like I said, it'd be interesting to see exactly what that means for the rest of the rotations. But my concern for them is having not had some of these players play in lineups and minutes that they're probably going to get thrown into tonight. Is that going to lead to a lot of clunky plays, uh, especially offensively, a lot of breakdowns, a lot of empty possessions and turnovers that could ultimately prove costly against a team who, if nothing else, like you said, they're a pretty well-oiled machine and they're well-coached, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you you touched previously on Steve Nash being his first game. Let's let's be honest. He Steve Nash is just going to be a manager of personalities. Yeah, like, I understand he's obviously going to have his coaching inputs, but it's you know it's very much going to be that Steve Kerr role. Like, is if you can bring all of these guys together and get them on the court on the same level, then you know this team's going to be very very successful. And I'm going to be, um, yeah, left loss for words. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. That's all right. As long as long as the Hawks stick the place up, you look like a genius. <laughs> It's, I'm, I'm really interested to see this, though. Um, Mike D'Antoni joining um, former player Steve Nash. Yeah. Um, where they were yep. in that seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns. Um, are we going to see the fastest-paced team in the NBA putting up some record numbers? Uh, we could do. I, I, I think we're going to see one of the best offensive teams in the NBA on a nightly basis, almost regardless of the lineup, I think. Um, I, I have them being a top five offense this season without a shadow of doubt. And that's, you know, taking into account that I think KD and Kyrie probably missed 25 to 30% of games this season as well. Um, and look, with that, let's um, let's take a look at the total, actually, which makes for beautiful reading if you're a punt school member, by the way. Current market, let me just get it up because it's bobbling all over the place. Current market, 235. Uh, you can get a 234.5 as well. We sent out that opening tip at 223.5. Part of me, I think, feels that even if you haven't got on that number, you probably can only play the overs. 
here. Both these teams are going to be, in my opinion, bottom half teams in terms of defensive efficiency and defensive rating this season. Um, the Warriors in particular, I think, have a lot of a lot of problems, especially with Draymond out. Um, you know, I, I don't think anyone else on that team is individually a great defender. And even with a good system, I still think there's going to be a lot of flaws in their play, especially on that end of the court. Um, that said, you know, I did buy back. I took some under 235 and a half. I sent that out just before the show as well. I just think we've got a ridiculous middle that we have to play it. Um, but, yeah, look, for you, I mean, do we do anyone that hasn't played a total that wants to play a total, do you, do you kind of just take the over regardless, even without getting the best of the number? I mean, the, the, the problem is I, I would say don't play it at all personally because you have missed it, but you also can't play the under if that's the only thing you're going to be on in the game in terms of the total. Yeah, definitely. It's... Uh, it, you, I don't think you can play it under. I definitely... Like, yeah, it's, it's either an over or sit. Um, depends. Like... I, <clears throat> Being opening night, it's a little bit different, but we would never recommend playing a number that that's moved this far. But yeah, I suppose it, I suppose it's just a show of, you know, fortune um, fortune favors the brave, and and Tab they threw this number out there not knowing what to expect, <laughs> <laughs> and it's been absolutely hammered. But um, I I think now we're seeing a much better reflection of the market. It's sort of yeah. bobbling. It, it came back a little bit. Now it's it's going back up again. So. I think I think it's probably set to settle at, at two thirty-five. Yeah, I mean, well, when you and I were talking sort of off air before the markets open, we were probably expecting that two thirty-one, two thirty-two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously we were quick to pounce on that opening number as well. But for me, like the on court here as well, the Warriors, like I said, without Draymond, have a tough time. They're gonna have a really tough time defending the pick and roll as well for for Brooklyn, which is gonna be a staple with Kyrie, I think, and I think. You know, the, the issue there as well isn't just that. It's more that they're going to give up so many backdoor cuts to the basket because that's just what Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre do on the weak side. They, they're, they're not great help defenders. They fall asleep constantly. Wiseman, I can just see getting caught out a lot. His athleticism will make up for it. You know, he probably expects some really flashy box and people to think he's doing a great job there when... The reality is he'll struggle in, in closing out that pick and roll in particular, especially in the early goings while he tries to find his feet. So I expect the likes of Duran in particular to be super aggressive attacking the basket and, and trying to get him out of rhythm as quickly as possible. Yeah. So when you look at the two sides, I mean, there's no reason why Brooklyn doesn't score upwards, I think, of 120 points here unless they go absolutely ice cold from the field. No, not at all. And keep an eye on those... Um those fouls um, I can see him definitely getting yeah. into some foul trouble these I mean the the craft that that is KD and Kyrie is just is just too good um, and the Warriors are but, a high fouling team as it is by the way like yeah, Steph Curry we know is, is a high fouling guard Kelly Oubre is a high fouling player himself James Wiseman I think is going to be a high fouling player in the early going so yeah, you're spot on. I think I can see the, the Nets absolutely living at the line as well for a large part of this one. Yeah. So that Nets total, 121. Warriors, uh, 113 and a half. Probably about right, I think. I think about right. But 
If you're going to play either of those, I think you have to play the Warriors total before you play the Brooklyn total. Yeah, I yeah. Simply based on the line, if if you if you're giving the Warriors the favor of that that eight points, then you have to look at that team total. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you have the line set at two and a half, like Jared. In which case, you have to take the Warriors total. <laughs> take everything. Take every take everything. Golden State today, guys. Um, no, look. Like I said, we've already locked our position in there in the ter- in terms of the total. Um, but we will double back. We will give a best bet segment, I think, at the end of the show as well and recap all of today's best bets and probably a couple more going forward. Um, let's move ahead we quickly. Have... Yeah, you go. We might we might just run into this uh, the start of the Lakers-Clippers game reviewing all of our bets, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, we won't give all of them out. Let's just, just put it at that. Otherwise, yeah. And to be honest, you'll be missing out on the best number of most of them at the moment. So let's take a look at the Clippers-Lakers. It's ring night in LA. Doesn't that just add to the scene here? Um, the Lakers seem to have settled again at the moment at two-and-a-half-point favorites, although a lot of money coming back in on the Clippers. It looks like it's going to drop to two sooner rather than later. Um, we locked in some plus three for subscribers yesterday. Again, if you want to get on board, just shoot us a DM, Facebook or Twitter. The total here jumping around as well. Uh, I can see it at the moment. It is 219 and a half, juice towards the unders. Won't be shocked to see it drop to 219, maybe even 218 and a half. Uh, again, though, let's start with the line here. Jared, I had this game as a pick, hence snatching that plus three when it became available yesterday. What are your numbers showing? I have the Lakers as one-point favorites. I think that's just... like Being being reigning champs, I think I've just stuck them at the top at the moment. Um, see what happens. I don't, I don't necessarily expect them to be the best team in the league, so I expect that to change. But um, I think, I think uh, positionally, I love this game for the Clippers. Yeah. It, if you're a team that's gone through what they've gone through this offseason, you're standing there opening night in your own house and they are giving another team championship rings. If your boys don't fire up for this, I am done. Oh, I would love to say I think the same, but let's be honest, I will be back, back on that Clippers bandwagon sooner than you think. Um Look, no Marcus Morris for the Clippers, certainly a factor uh, on opening night. Although, given how he shot against the Lakers last season, it could be a blessing in disguise. Um, but look, I'm very, very intrigued to see how the rotations play out for the Clippers. I think Zubach off the bench is interesting. Uh, and I'm curious to see if we see him and Ibaka share the floor at the same time. Possibly, I think... Uh, you know, especially when the Lakers run, say, Montrez Harrell and AD at the same time, moving AD to the four. That's something we saw from the Lakers almost every single night last season in the regular season. The playoffs were a completely different team. Uh, you know, they basically played AD at the five for the entirety of his minutes. But when it comes to the regular season, whether it's to... This might be their way, I guess, of load managing him so that he doesn't have to go up, you know, against those big body centers every other night. But I think, again, we see 
AD at the four for the majority of this game. The big one for Ty Lue, I think, is to work out his guard rotations here. You know, what do you do with Reggie Jackson? How do you play Lou Williams without having him burn you defensively? Where does Lou Kennard fit in off the bench? So a lot of questions remain to be answered, but that doesn't hide the fact that the Clippers are still a really, really, really bad matchup for the reigning champs. Um, especially if we get early season Paul George from the get-go here. Even without his off, uh, people kind of forget how good he was defensively last season. Uh, you know, that trio of him, Kawhi, Pat Beverly makes perimeter scoring very, very hard to come by. Uh, and if they're able to take that aspect of the Lakers game away from them, which they've successfully done in the past, by the way, on, on numerous occasions, even in the games where they didn't actually come out winners, um, they create a significant advantage in terms of limiting what's a stale offense, especially in the half court. Yeah. So, you know, the keys for the Clippers limit transition buckets and close out the perimeter. And you do those things effectively, which the Clippers do as well as anyone. I mean, you know, again, they were a top three team defensively last season. They, There's no reason why they're not a top three team defensively again this season. Possibly even more so, I think, now that, you know, they've lost Montrezl Harrell, who was such a liability for them on that end of the floor. Uh but yeah, for me, I think the on-court stuff for the Clippers gives them kind of a a bigger edge than what is probably being perceived in the market. Although we are starting to see that late support, I think, coming in for them now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's just a reflection of how the Lakers fared against this team last season. They're, like the record, will read a 2-2 split. One of those games, granted, was in the bubble. And the other one was a uh, Avery Bradley career night. Um, yeah. Aside yeah. from that, they, they weren't even close in the two early matchups. Um, like realistically, about- like you said, realistically, not only should it have been 3-1, I actually think even the, the final final game, I think the Clippers controlled that game for the large majority. It probably could have been a 4-0 series sweep in the regular season for the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you absolutely nailed it with the, this Lakers offense. If if they they struggle in that half court, we saw it. We, we saw it in the bubble, even where they you know were, they won games and it wasn't even close. They mm. they just looked disjointed. This a highly driven transition team, and the Clippers are one of the best in the league at crashing the boards, slowing down the play. If if you can bring the Lakers back to play your tempo rather than dictating, I think. I think we see a really good showing here from the Clippers tonight. Yeah, I think so too, to be honest. I, Like I said, I will unfortunately continue to live and die by the success and failures of the Clippers this season. So, uh, members, I, I will once again reiterate, if you think we're done <laughs> losing money on the Clippers this season, you are so wrong. So, so wrong. <laughs> um, but, okay, let's... let's, uh, let's Look at the total real quickly. We locked in 220 and a half for members and then double dipped when it went up, uh, locking in some Lakers under 112 and a half points. Feeling really happy with our positions here, to be honest. This was a series that didn't crack 220 in any of the four meetings last season. And the emotions in this one should again make for a real dogfight on opening night, I think. You know, you don't even need to throw in the Montrez Harrell storyline to, to make it any more bitter, I think. Uh, I know you were big on the unders as well, hence our members play. 
you know, what else are you seeing here for people that, that pushes them that way? Because I still think that from what I can see, you can still get a 219 and a half. And I wouldn't be against that either, given that we were looking at 217 and a half, 218. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's one of those games as well, like we saw throughout the playoffs, the Lakers were really good in game betting team because they started so fast and that first mm. half total, um, you know, high flowing game. And then after the half, it just crashed. Yeah. And it's it a Yeah. Massive second half unders team. So if, if you don't have a uh, have a good number locked in now, I'd even look to to play this in game. If if you can catch, you know, if you can catch upward of that two twenty in play, then I'd be I'd be crushing that for sure. Yeah, I, I think you'll, I think we'll get there as well. Um, like you said, especially that second quarter where they seem to really try and push the tempo, especially out in transition. Often misses, they will they will force everything down court as quickly as possible and you'll see a flurry of baskets in a sort of three-minute span. Yep. Um, and that, that's sort of the opportunities I think you look for when live betting as well, uh, especially when you're live betting, like you said, a Lakers game in particular where they had those flurries in the first half with regularity and then that second half things come almost to walking pace, especially in the fourth quarter. They were the slowest-paced fourth quarter team for a reason. Yeah, um, have, have a look at that that five minutes before the half, that, that is your time to pounce yeah. because scoring just screeched. It just screeched to a halt coming into the half. Um, yep. And like you touched on, the Lakers, best fourth quarter team in the league. Um, they just dominate and control that pace and just grind teams out. And we all we all heard that record getting around of what happens when they're leading coming into the fourth. So yeah. we'll, see, we'll see what happens tonight. Yeah. My concern, I think for the Clippers is the second unit and can it hold up defensively when they roll out Lou Will, Reggie Jackson. So I think what I really want to see is how they stagger the minutes alongside PG and or Kawhi. I think that's going to be pretty pivotal for me tonight in this matchup, making sure that they get those rotations right. I love the idea of Zubach's minutes matching up with Lou Will because I think their pick and roll play offensively is going to be hugely problematic for defenders, not just for the Lakers, I think, on a nightly basis. Like, Zubac is a fantastic pick-and-roll big. Lou Will, obviously, we know what he can do playing downhill, attacking the basket. I also think that the defensive IQ of Zubac is wildly underrated. I spoke about this last season as well a couple of times uh, on some of the live shows as well. I think he can alleviate some of the easy buckets opponents get when they just blow by Williams on the perimeter. Um, but I, I, I do want to see them stagger, I think, the lineups a lot. I don't want to see that second unit out there together as they were when Doc Rivers was sort of running things because um, that does admittedly scare the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I know I know you probably don't want to sit here and paraphrase Paul George, but he's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> he spoke um, in depth about how he's – his preseason last time around was was hampered with that injury, yeah. and that um, he's going to have a full preseason. So we'll see if we don't get uh, PG thirteen back this year. Yeah, that, that's uh, obviously going to be a huge one, I think, for the Clippers going forward. Um, and also, <laughs> also this whole uh, Kawhi triangle offense thing, right? <laughs> it's incredible. Some of the things that we're getting thrown around. 
things. God bless the NBA preseason. It's never boring. <laughs> That's good. No shortage of stories. Uh, all right, look, let's again leave our best bets till the end of the segment for this one. Before we double back onto the two opening night games, let's quickly go jump to Christmas Day. Uh, just because we won't have a show between now and at least the first two games. So we might go live in between games. I think after the second game, before the third game, which will be after the sort of Bucks Warriors before Nets Celtics. Um, I'm not going to commit to that yet. We'll run a poll. We'll see if any of you, you bastards, actually want to tune into that. This is a hundred percent on you. If you're listening yeah. right now, you need to smash this up because yeah, if we, I have to drag, if I have to drag myself out of bed at that time, <laughs> exactly. We are not. Uh, we are not waking up that early on Boxing Day for no one. Um, but look, we'll get to that later. Let's just tackle those first two games really quickly, though. Miami Heat, uh, New Orleans Pelicans, the first of the Christmas Day games in the US. The early markets have Miami, I think, five and a half point favorites. Uh, so my number is five, so not a huge edge on raw numbers here, but I'm really curious to see how the Pelicans come out to start the season. Um, before we dive into it, though, do your numbers show any immediate edge on the market? Not on the line, but um, I'm particularly interested in these totals. Okay. Um, Christmas Day is, turns out, quite trendy. Um, we have a very strong trend of unders, which I know that is going to excite you. Oh, yeah. I just heard our numbers and my ears just burst up. Talk to me, Jared. <laughs> we, um, since 2015, unders have been cashing at a uh, cool 69%. Jesus. Um, for Christmas Day year, games, yeah, Christmas Day games, um, and the best, the best of all of these teams who have played Christmas Day games, Miami Heat, uh, they have gone two and ten in the over under yep. um, in their twelve games played on Christmas. There you go. Say less, Jared. I'm already on board. I think I'm trying to find the market now. Um, the the regular season, Miami, New Orleans, there is an, an absolute anomaly where all of their games go under as well. So it's um, wow. it's a head scratcher. They just when they play each other, it goes under. Um, the last five games, in fact, have all gone under, and it hasn't even been close. Uh, you've got a differential of 18, 22, 23, and twenty one points on totals wow. between two twenty one and two thirty two. Do we have a totals out for that? I'm trying to find it at the moment. I, I haven't seen one, um, but if it's 2.30, you, you know what we'll be doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, immediately, immediately. Um, okay, well, that's that's definitely one to mark down. I mean, I, I don't have a, a side lean here. I, I just need to see, like, I, I need to see the Pelicans play, basically, mm. before I start getting involved in their games in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, but the Heat, I mean, at least we know what we're getting from them. I, I'm not overly surprised by that unders trend as well against uh, when they play the Pelicans, just because they're a team that can absolutely control tempo. We know that. They can play up-tempo when need be, but I think it's fair to say that that's not something you want to be doing against the Pelicans is you want to force them into half-court sets. And I assume that's what they're going to do again in this matchup. 
And obviously, you know, they have the bodies to match up with what it is New Orleans do well and what sort of, you know, apologies, what players that they're going to try and go to, especially in the half court where Bam can match up with Zion, Butler can match up with Brandon Ingram. And like I said, as long as they, they limit those transition opportunities, if we get that two high 220s to 230s, I think it's just an autoplay on the unders for that game. Absolutely. it's And like you touched on, I don't know that I'm up 100% on board on the Stan Van Gundy um, turning yeah. this zero defense into a um, defensive juggernaut um, <laughs> that's getting around. But, you know, we'll see. There's crazy things that have happened. I, re- I really like Steven Adams in this lineup. Um, yeah. Yep. But, I mean... A lot of their players don't play any defense, so I, I, I find it hard to believe that as a team it's going to transition on the court. It's not. It's, and it's going to be, let's be honest, it's going to be messy and ugly, I think, for a, a large part of the early season, which is why I'm actually on the whole, you know, Nola to miss the playoffs bandwagon. Um, yeah. Because I think there's too much transition and in such a limited time frame, there's too many established teams in that Western Conference that'll essentially, I don't know, I don't want to say pull away, but put enough of a gap between them where at best they're kind of hoping for a playing spot and even then they'll be playing as one of those sort of 9-10 seeds where you have to win two in a row. And Obviously, depending on matchup, I just don't see it happening. No, and the play-in tournament in itself is going to be really interesting in the West because we spoke about teams... Um, looking to load manage, but are, are you really going to be able to do that with the schedule in the West? Like, can can yeah. you go on a south can you go on a Southwest trip and and expect to win any of those games now? Yeah, that's right. You're going to have to play every single night, and it's um, that Western Conference, man. It's going to be jam packed. It's going to be stacked. It's going to be absolutely manic. Um, speaking of Western Conference teams, and one that we know nothing about. Golden State Warriors on Christmas Day. Second game up, they are in Milwaukee to take on the Bucks. Now, we have an early line of Milwaukee minus seven. My number is Milwaukee minus six. However, that is unadjusted on any lineup news. So that would probably push towards a six and a half, seven myself if Draymond is out again. I really think the right play is Milwaukee here, but my number's probably going to push me off of the side. Have you got an early market edge with your numbers? No, not at all. I mine is set at six as well. So um, okay. if nothing else, we have consistency on yeah. our line. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I I think we'll know a lot more about Milwaukee when they play Boston, um, and more yeah. about the Warriors up to tonight. But um, that that first half line, like that, that's going to be a small chalk, right? That yeah. could be a, could be a good look, but. Yeah, I don't know. I think we'll know a lot more in the upcoming days for sure, but yeah, no immediate lean for me on on a side. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think I think Milwaukee's the right side here. I just you know we're not getting the line that I would want or that I think we need to probably be taking them as well. And one thing I want to stress is in the NBA, these big lines, you know, upwards seven points and up, especially on. Primetime games and big games like, 
you know, like a Christmas Day opening night. Um, they're hard to cover for favourites. They're not easy. You know, these teams really get up for these games. So you've really got to be weary of laying, I think, big points with any team, like regardless of how good they are, especially when they're not playing a bottom barrel team. I think that's one thing I want to stress about the Warriors, not just this Milwaukee game, but even today against the Nets, they're still capable of being a playoff team. So, you know, seven and a half, seven points is a lot to cover, uh, especially when, you know, you don't really have any home court advantage right now in empty arenas. Not at all. And being the Warriors being a playoff team, they may not even be a play in playoff team. Like they, Mm. they could settle at the six. Um, Yeah. Quite, there, there's definitely a reality where that could happen. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're going to be a team we're going to have to watch. Like I said, I mean, I'm either high or low on them. I'm not too sure at this point. So, for me, yeah, it's going to be a wait and see spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd probably be with you on that one. So, again, those two Christmas games, we'll leave those there. We'll look to try and do a live show before the rest of that slate where we can really tackle those other games properly. Um, but let's go back to focusing our attention to today, to opening night. Have a look at some of the best bets, I think, that are on offer. Like I said, that Warriors-Brooklyn game, which tips off in about 40-ish minutes, uh, we got that terrific number. We locked in two, two, three and a half on the overs. I've bought back at two, three, five and a half. I'm looking at the markets now. It looks like that seven and a half is settling at a seven. Um, so money really coming in on the Warriors at that number, which doesn't surprise me too much, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and if I had to give a play on a line or side here, I'm probably going to tell you to take the Warriors at 365. I think that's probably the best way you can play this game from here. I, I know. Uh, it's It's absurd. <laughs> Um, for those of you that aren't watching live, I think Jared just Jared thinks I've said the most outlandish thing in, in sports betting history. But hear me out, just wait. There's more to it. Look, the seven is a big spread, and obviously you want to take the seven that's on offer here. But I think we've already spoken about it to start the show. There's going to be that lack of continuity in the Brooklyn team that, for me, is going to be a huge factor on opening night. Like I said, we've seen these super teams fall flat to start the season every single time they've come together. Miami's big three. The Warriors' big four, if you want to call them that, when KD landed there. The Lakers last season, the first game with AD and LeBron. It happens time and again. It takes time for these sort of teams to really come together and be able to put together a consistent 48-minute showing on court. And, you know, if we only get 15 to 20 minutes of good Brooklyn basketball, that's not enough against a team that, like you said, could be as high as a sixth seed in the West. Like, we don't know what to expect from them. Uh, But what I do expect is that they'll be well-prepped and they'll be well-coached and rehearsed for this game, if nothing else. Uh, They'll know how to target Brooklyn's defensive deficiencies, especially when KD's out there. Um, you know, he looked great offensively, but we don't know what he's going to look like defensively coming off of this huge injury. How's his lateral movement going to be? 
is he going to be putting maximum effort at that end of the court, especially on opening night? I just feel, like I said, you've probably missed the best numbers here in terms of the total. So as much as I say don't bet the unders if you haven't sort of bet anything as yet on the market, the best bet for anyone that's trying to enter the market right now is the Warriors straight up at 365. And it's something that I personally believe you'll be able to trade out of in that opening half as well if you want to take that approach. Yeah, 100%. I think I think you definitely, if you're going to take that, you're definitely looking to trade in games. So you, you need to be active um, because there's no reason why you don't get you don't get um, back on Brooklyn at, at a pick or even close to um, to plus money. Maybe if if we see a little bit of a run, maybe coming into the half, just just based on the the nature of this team and and how early it is in their tenure, um, I could see that happening for sure. Yeah. So best bet if you haven't got on one for today, I think uh, this isn't an official members play, but just the people watching listening to the show. Take the Warriors money line uh, and it'll give you a ton of flexibility, I think, throughout this game as to what you want to do on it, whether you sit pat or whether you look to trade out of it and get yourself you know, some sort of profit in the pocket. Um, best bet as well. Oh, sorry, just to completely get off topic here, but that college football leg came through for us and our members just now, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, Clippers, Lakers, that sort of feature piece game today. Again, like I said, two and a half is where the market's setting, but money keeps coming in on the Clippers at the moment. Uh, I think if you haven't already got on, I'd, I'd snatch that two and a half if you can get it for a dollar ninety or better. If you're looking at anything less than that, I would jump on Betfair and I would try and get matched on a Clippers money line here at about two twenty, two twenty-five. Yeah, and very much the same principles. If if this is going to be a tight game, there's only going to be a couple of buckets in it, I feel. And um, there's, I, I don't see any value taking the Lakers. So it's a it's a Clippers or, or sort of sit spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and look, uh, uh, again, if you're looking to sort of live bet and trade this game, go get matched for 220 now on the Clippers. And I'm fairly confident that at some point in this game, you're going to be able to have the flexibility to trade out of that guarantee yourself some profit or start flipping the markets either way if that's what you want to be looking at doing in that game. Um, with that, looking at the next few days, look, if you haven't already tuned in to our previous shows, we've given out plenty of best bets for games coming up over the next few days. Miami minus three, which is now out to minus three and a half, uh, was one. Another one that we like the Spurs plus three. That's dropping now rather quickly as well. It looks like a one and a half, two across most markets. Um, So you probably want to jump on that if you haven't already. The value completely gone in our first pick of the season from our first podcast as well. Dallas Mavericks, we took at 216 on the money line. They are now favorites in a couple of books at $1.90, Phoenix sitting at $1.92. So... Performing really well against the markets in the early going. Again, for those of you interested in joining our membership, please just send me a DM on Twitter or even on Facebook. Uh, You can find me at punt underscore school. Look for Jared at punt school Jared. Uh, He will be posting a lot of free plays as well this year. Yeah, Jared? Yeah, absolutely. 
um, it's a great way for the guys to see what it's all about. I guess you, we're going to have that Facebook group. We'll have Twitter. We're going to be super active this year and um, and try and engage. We want we want to build a community, guys, and and this is all about you guys. And let's get some involvement and and start some conversation because um, it sure makes this thing a lot more fun than us just talking to each other, right? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I'm having fun. <laughs> no one else, let's be honest here. Um, but look, guys, again, thank you so much for all the support for everyone tuning in live, everyone watching the replays and the podcast. Um, you know, we've had over a thousand views in the first two videos, which is a lot more, I think, than we were anticipating for uh, a new product that we were just throwing out there to start the season. But look, we can't wait to grow with you as well as the season goes on. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to make a lot of money. We're going to crush a lot of markets. So perfect time to start getting on board. Jared, anything else you want to say before we sign off and go and prep ourselves for opening tip, which is less than 15, 20 minutes away? Have a very Merry Christmas and a safe New Year. Stay safe out there. Anybody in Sydney, definitely stay safe out there. Um, enjoy the NBA. It's back. Let's cherish it while it's here. And um Make sure you enjoy the day with your families and, and we'll catch you on Boxing Day. We will catch you on Boxing Day, possibly. Uh, I'm gonna no, put that it's not going to – I will be here. <laughs> All right, let's just have a live chat between ourselves then, shall we? <laughs> Boxing Day morning. As if, just, you won't, as if you won't be already up. <laughs> uh, I know, I know. It'll just be – it'll basically just be a Celtics hype fest for about 40 minutes for those of you that do tune in. <laughs> Um, but again thanks to everyone let's have some fun today let's make some money on opening night this is exciting Jared I'm literally going to go and sit on my couch and not move until I need to go and pick up my daughter I love it I love it how good it is fantastic anyway guys thanks again for tuning in we will do this all again Saturday morning good luck with your bets and have some fun